welcome to Behind the Sofa. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Behind the Sofa, where we review the top 100 horror movies of all time. My name's Ollie. And I'm Kirsty. Hey, Dan. Birthday girl. Yeah, birthday! Happy birthday to me. We've got to pay money for that, don't we? Oh, no, wait, that's ended. ended, Yeah, no, we're good. Okay, (laughs) we're we're, we're in uh, legally safe waters. But happy birthday. Thank you. Um, We went out and had some dinner with some chums. So good. Some really good dinner. Such good dinner. Um, And we did the normal Halloween stuff. Of course. I hope you guys all enjoyed... um, Oh, surprise trick-or-treat episode. Yeah, and if you haven't, go and listen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd love to hear what people think, whether they think it's good enough to go into the uh, into the top 100 already. There's like a bunch of movies. So I'm like, oh, it's way better than that. Let's get it in the list. So um, facebook.com forward slash behind the sofa podcast or at behind the sofa podcast on Instagram uh, and let us know what you think of uh, trick-or-treat. Um, but I hope you all had good Halloweens. Um, Happy Halloween. We have a really crap house at Halloween, don't we? Well, for trick or treaters, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, for actual Halloween, we go all out, and we always make sure that we have sweets. But uh, it always ends up being us eating them. So. Yeah, uh, and that's why I never get fun size. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to be eating them. It's going to be nothing but the gourmet shit. Um, uh, but right today, I'm really excited about this one. Good. I'm very excited about this one because I'd never seen it before, and. It's the first Hammer horror movie I've ever seen. Good. I'm excited to see what you thought of it. So tell us what it is, Kirsty. Okay, so this week is number 58 on our list. Uh, No, wait, number 58? No, it's 1958. Wow, I was going to say we skipped a lot. (laughs) No, it's uh, uh, 1958's Dracula, which is number 83 on the list, directed by Terence Fisher. And yeah, um, also known as Horror of Dracula in the USA, which made us stop the uh, the version that we were watching and go hang on a minute are we watching the right one because it came up with horror of Dracula on the screen but they called it that because of the uh, the popularity of the Bela Lugosi uh, Dracula film which was 1931 I believe so they just didn't want people to get it like mixed up yeah so they called it horror of Dracula instead which still works for me so yeah yeah uh, just 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 plain share Pele <laughs> Prince Dracula I like it I like the simplicity of it yeah. So come on, tell us. Okay, well, um, I mean, there's some differences. Like, if we've got anyone listening who is a fan of the original book, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula um, is it's it's got some differences. Some characters have kind of been like merged together a little bit to like just for the fact that like the film is like an hour and twenty minutes long versus the book, which is like a you know fairly decent sized book. So um, they've kind of mixed it up a little bit. Um, but uh, it's basically like if you cut out the differences it is a man named Jonathan Harker um, who ends up uh, meeting with the uh, the Count uh, meeting with Dracula in his lovely castle which I want I want that castle I want there's so many things in this film that yeah, I, I was going to say so <laughs> I, I think I wrote them all down um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's some really interesting facts about like, you know, I don't think we really need to go that much into like the story because I'm sure that you are familiar with 
Dracula and vampires and vampire law by now. Jonathan Harker turned into a vampire when he goes to see Dracula. Mm-hmm. Uh, he then decides because Jonathan Harker has killed his uh, his concubine, which is, is that bride. A, is it bride. a bride? Yeah, Dracula's okay. brides. Yeah. Um, then a succubus, <laughs> a succubus. Um, there he decides to go to England and uh, and turn Jonathan Harker's uh, fiance. Lucy into mm. a into a vampire, and the whole time he's pursued by uh, Doctor Van Helsing, who is played by Peter Cushing, um, Grand Moff Tarkin to you and me, <laughs> um, and then obviously we've got uh, Christopher Lee as uh, as Doctor Acula. Doctor Acula. Um, <laughs> so yeah, anybody who hasn't seen this version but is familiar with the book will probably be a bit like, or you're getting all the names wrong there. Because um, in the film, Mina is Arthur's wife and Lucy is Arthur's sister. And Lucy is also Jonathan's fiance. Whereas in the book, Mina is Jonathan's fiance and the one that Dracula is pursuing. And Lucy is Arthur's fiance. Oh, uh, okay. So they kind of muddled it up. I, yeah, I did think bit. to myself, where's Mina? I yeah, thought, Mina, Mina Harker, yeah. So, um, yeah. But, I mean, the, the main thing that I really wanted to look at in this film is the fact that, like, this was actually the first... Um, uh, like one of the first instances of like gothic horror but in like proper technicolour mm. before this it was black and white you could get away with a little bit more blood spatter and stuff because you didn't have that colour you could kind of the audience could kind of separate themselves from like what it was actually meant to be portraying but in this it was like that proper red painting yeah you can't get you can't get away with it when you fir- the first time you see it it's like uh, it's fucking metal as hell when um, they kind of like do this little tracking shot down into the basement of uh, of Castle Dracula, and you see Dracula's coffin. It's got his name written on it, and then just blood splatters all over it. And I was like, "Yeah!" It's, it's like it's a well loved uh, like beginning sequence. That bit of the film is just so good. Yeah, but um, I mean, before that, I was just like, "This font is excellent." Yeah, like e- the... good font. <laughs> Excellent font, I love, love it. Font. And the music is like a real really? cacophony. I love it. It's a uh, right from the start. It's everything I want a Dracula movie to be mm-hmm. in terms of the look of it. Like that real gothic, romantic sort of. Um, everything's kind of like dialed up to the nth degree. Uh, I really, really enjoy it. The, you know, everything that's on screen, the whole mise en scène. <laughs> is uh, really I'm I'm living for it. Yeah, it was um, it was actually very different to like some of the other films that they had done at this point. I think before this they had done uh, one of the they'd done like Curse of Frankenstein. This is Terence Fisher, so he did Curse of Frankenstein in '57, this one in '58, The Mummy in '59, and Curse of the Werewolf in '61. So he kind of covered all yeah, of he's them. Got that. But, the whole rogues gallery yeah but um i mean going back to what we were saying about lugosi's uh dracula 1931 obviously like universal were like right dracula is ours you know like we have the the universal monsters and so they had like a big copyright discussion between universal and hammer and it wasn't actually completed until after the film had been shot um, and it was like an agreement was like 80 pages long of oh, like really? the things they could and couldn't use and how they could portray things and everything like that um, but it was such a massive success this film was such a huge success that Universal basically said right Hammer you now have permission to have access to our film archive and our characters like our monster characters and you can um, like remake them 
oh, in cool. your own way. So like they were really really popular. Um, but it's the olden days Marvel versus Sony oh, all over ouch. again. But um, where they were saying about like the the Technicolor blood and like gore and everything, like it was still you know it was 1958. So you think 1960, like Psycho was 1960, and they were still battling with censors, even though that was in black and white. Uh, they couldn't show like weapons like um, being stabbed into human bodies and things like that. So they managed to get away with quite a bit in this. But the BBFC were saying like it was literally like the, you know, the 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 Technicolor blood, and that they would be like very, um, they would be like checking out those scenes um, yeah. intensely to make sure that they didn't um, do it. But there were still bits that were cut out, like you see Lucy getting staked later on, and she like you see it stake and then blood pouring out and everything and they were like some of those bits were cut out for tv shots and viewing i was gonna say it was, it was pretty for a 1958 yeah it was, it was pretty gory i've got to say yeah um you can just imagine the sort of like uproar and how shocked people would have been when they saw this for the first time around <laughs> considering what else was on you know yeah well, our, our friend, um, our friend Shell. Hi, Shell. If you're listening, I hope you're listening. Um, she had actually replied to us on Facebook when we said that we were reviewing this one and said that this was one of the movies that like really scared her when she was a kid. And she's a, a huge horror fan anyway, so we knew that like this was going to be a good one. But saying about like Terence Fisher and the films that he's done, he because of the way that horror is seen by a lot of people a lot of film critics and a lot of just like the general public that it is schlocky and it's lowbrow and it's you know shock value over substance and all those sorts of things but he is now seen as like um like his own style is quite respected because he did so many different films and because he really delved into like the gothic horror kind of genre it was seen as really lowbrow before because it was like all sexual overtones Mm. and graphic horror but he's got this kind of fantasy folklore bit of like charismatic evil and yeah. like the temptation of like you know going going bad and you know that real like it was like the beginning of the sexy vampire well wasn't the, it? all you have to look at is a scene later on where um where lucy is in bed and she's opening all the windows and sort of like beckoning dracula she's like in floating around yeah. isn't she but like, then but just to see him come in and then sort of like uh, leans down to her on the bed and she's kind of like real heaving I would mm. say like real uh, like yep. the chest going up and down and you can just see this like some some sexualness ses- yeah. in the air and you see I think Mina later on like before it becomes revealed that she has been bitten and that she's slowly turning into a vampire she comes back into the room and she's got this cl- uh, you know there's a lot of capes in this film which I love and I want I, I just want capes now uh, but she's got like a fur collar lined cape she's clutching it up here obviously where you know the audience are like oh she's been bitten and she's got this real satisfied look on her face and apparently like the director had said to her because he was trying to get that you know make it obvious to the audience what had happened <laughs> yeah and they he said literally um just imagine and portray that you have just had the best sex of your life all night and that you've you've now like walked out of that room and you're like looking real satisfied and stuff and like that's <laughs> like that was the look they were going for so it was like a real sexual element to it but yeah I, I guess this is kind of like the first time that this character has been portrayed in this way you know what I mean like yeah. this the the Bella Lugosi one was this like 
let's just make a scary horror movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one's kind of like, let's delve deeper into the subtext of what a vampire story is really about. Yeah, and like being... That a... kind of necrophilic um, <laughs> kind of overtones to it. Um, but let's just talk about Dracula himself. Yeah. Because the first time you see him is totally fucking awesome. I... So he he appears... So, okay, so Jonathan Harker's in the car, so he's been there on his own for a while. This uh, this woman comes up to him, and she's obviously, uh, as we find out later on, one of the brides of Dracula. Um, and she is, like, begging him for help. Um, and then all of a sudden, she's begging him, begging him, begging him. And then all of a sudden, you kind of, like, sense this presence in the background, and Jonathan Harker turns around and... Dracula is uh, is at the top of the stairs, like in shadow, oh, with his cape and the kind good. of collar. And then he basically, what I would say is, glides down the stairs. He does this because obviously he's wearing this long cape, and Christopher Lee is like really graceful, and he kind of like walks down in these well. little tiny steps, and it makes it look like he's floating. And I was like, oh my god, it's so cool! Yeah, Love I literally it. wrote down literal shivers when he appeared at the top of the stairs. Like if you. As, a, as an actor and the way that they have it set up, if you can have that kind of presence by doing nothing but yeah. standing and then walking down a flight of stairs, like you, he literally had me like transfixed. It's yeah. like you are, you can't Under take your eyes. Under the spell of Dracula. Yeah, you can't take your eyes off him when he's on screen. He's just so good. Yeah. So good. The one thing I will say though is that he's very um, <clears throat> kind of underhyped when he first arrives. Obviously, that he has that awesome entrance, but then in his like initial interactions with Jonathan Harker, mm. it's almost like they're playing it up as like a mystery. Mm. Like you're not really supposed to know. Like, like the audience is going to come in. Like, I've never heard of this Dracula character. Is he a good guy? But I I wrote that down because I wrote down Harker knows. Like when because we have like the. Um, parts which I believe are in, uh, like is sort of a main part of the book which is like Jonathan Harker's diary where we learn all of yeah. the secrets and everything and that features in the film as well but I wrote down Harker knows because he gets introduced to him he gets you know Dracula brings him to his room says you know like make yourself at home everything else I'll be out for like you know the day to- I'll be out for the day tomorrow you know and, and like fibbing to him or whatever and then locks him in his room and then he gets the diary out and he's like writing down and he writes down that like what I need to do is to is to kill Dracula and to end his reign of terror and everything. And I was like, he knows because yeah, in was, the book, yeah, he he has no idea. In the right? book, he doesn't know. In the book, he is trying to sell Dracula real estate. Yeah, for real. Like he's just like, do you want a castle? I can yeah. get you a castle. That's fine. And he has no idea. And then he slowly discovers it. So there is this mystery there. And in this, they start out that way, and then it just becomes like blatantly obvious. And you know, like Harker lays it out and says, yeah. "Like I know who he is, and I'm and I'm here to but, kill him." But so. like I said, it's it's weird because Christopher Lee doesn't play him. Um, the 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 film version, like I would be, I'm most uh, familiar with is like Bram Stoker's Dracula, oh. which is okay. Now you make that noise because we have watched that together, and it's kind of a terrible, terrible film. <laughs> But Gary Oldman is so good in it. Gary Oldman's good in everything. But and when you see a Dracula not played like that, he hasn't got the kind of like Bela Lugosi, uh, like Eastern European drawl to him. So to see Christopher Lee play him and he's kind of like an aristocratic Englishman. Yeah. I was like, it's it's weird. It's kind of like under 
underplayed. I think they wanted to do that because you had, like, before Hammer got into horror, they were, like, a British, you know, film studio and they had some comedies under their belt and things like that. And there are some comedic characters in it as oh, well. Oh, yeah, there's some... Which and, I and love. Used to great effect. The, um... Uh, the mortician guy who later <laughs> on is fucking awesome I love him and uh, as is the uh, the guy who kind of like operates I thought he operated like the shipyard wasn't it yeah or was I it like he was like a like a, cl- it, like, he's a like a clerk he's like a clerk registrar kind of yeah guy. like a clerk at like a a um like a haulage like a luggage kind of company I don't yeah, know yeah because he wanted to know when the coffin was coming in and out when it had been brought in and everything so they don't have um, like the the transfer of, or like the shipping over of Dracula to England because it's because not in Eng- is... it's not in England, right? No, nope. no. So the film, which confused the, me, the book is like Transylvania, Romania, you know, Eastern Europe, going over to England. Yeah. Um, in this, it is Transylvania, Romania, you know, uh, all of those areas, and then the main part of it where they are moving over to is in Germany. So you oh, don't okay. have the ship, the the Demeter, which is like the ship that is like in the book known for bringing um for bringing dracula over to london um they just have everything by horse and carriage which i kind of like as well like you know like the the, the black like, the black coach that comes tearing hauling like ass out of Count, Count dracula's uh, castle is uh, yeah is pretty fucking cool one thing i want to just say dracula has the fruitiest coffin ever you know what i mean it's like so it's like a liberal white like the white one with the gold trim yeah i was like yeah. oh man that is so gauche you know what i mean it's like dracula he's, it doesn't match the rest of his style at all well that's like well. his travel coffin you know yeah, like he's uh, got maybe. a nicer one for home he's got the one with all the fancy <laughs> stuff all over it for home that's just his like throwaway. you know it's kind of like a festival tent you know like he chucks it away at the end of <laughs> But that's that's another thing again, like um, a bit of a difference from the uh, from the book and like other portrayals and stuff is that he was shipping like a ton of different coffins and stuff all over, all filled with dirt. And this one is also filled with dirt. It's only one, as in like he he travels in it, and that's how he gets from place to place. But he uh, it's filled with like native dirt from or soil from his like homeland, and that is how he's able to rest and recharge and replenish, which. There's another part of uh, like vampire law that I kind of love. I don't know why. Vampire like, law is like connection. my f- vampire law is the best. Yeah, it's, I think I guess it's because it's like the richest and like most established. Like, dra- um, like Frankenstein's monster and things like that. It's just a book. No one's ever like, oh yeah, there's a Frankenstein's monster, mm. and we're going to attribute these. Ten random kind of uh, kind of facts Laws. about yeah exactly, Dra- but but Dracula's law always get uh, the native soil part especially I always think is very very cool yeah but like the vampire like the vampire law uh, obviously a lot of it has come from Bram Stoker and come from that kind of thing but then you do have a lot of the like Eastern European um, like superstitions and fears and things like there was one point where they went into like you know an inn and they had like garlic hanging everywhere uh they had they do you reckon that was the, do you reckon that was the first time they've ever done one of those scenes where it's like an outsider comes into uh maybe it would have been like in a western back in the day but like it was so like well, they're silent the, the glockenspiel all... kind of like should have skipped <laughs> a beat like <laughs> um but yeah i was that was really you know very typical of that kind of scene it just made me think i wonder if everywhere has ripped it off from there yep. uh, in previous in the uh, in years past but yeah. but then you you get to see um like 
like we said with the the bride turns up again and is like please help me please help me um and uh and then she she can't resist anymore and she goes to bite his neck and then dracula just suddenly turns up and you have this like big dramatic scene and you see him the first time and it's the first instance on screen of dracula with the fangs the red blood mm. and the red eyes those yeah. eyes are crazy like they it's were really shocking when you see him yeah. for the first time and then the way that um he then proceeds to fight with the uh, with the bride mm. it's almost like two animals fighting mm-hmm. like there's like a real sort of like you ever seen like cats fighting i was like Wah, yeah, flailing there was, limbs, yeah. yeah there was something really kind of uh kind of what's the words primal about yeah. it it yeah. was pretty pretty crazy well, but like i said i love just that crash like cut onto onto him with the red eyes and the fangs i was like imagine if you were in a cinema in 1958 you would have put your britches you literally would have because it's just it's like terrifying it's something people had never seen on the screen before i mean he uh christopher lee had said that like um the the really intense contact lenses that he was wearing so if you look at them they are like they're literally making his eyes bulge so they would have been like the big heavy duty contact lenses 1950s contact lens technology i don't think would have been quite (laughs) as good as it is now um and uh he said like not only were they really uncomfortable and quite painful to wear but he could not see a thing so there was one point where he actually ran towards the bride that they you know they had to like re- retake uh, do a retake of it because he literally couldn't see and he ran straight past her <laughs> so he had to like run up run up and grab her and like couldn't ha- could hardly see I love it he, so, jump, he jumps on the table as well yeah it's He's so like, dramatic I yeah, love it it's so over the top yeah uh, everything about this movie is over the top and I fucking love it yeah every um, emotional response is so OTT yeah. but it totally sells it. it it wouldn't be the same movie without it it you know what I mean? That's where you start to see these kind of like, um, uh, like emo-y goth kids. You're like, I can see exactly why they relate to movies like this and vampire and stuff like that. It's like everything's just the most important emotion at that time. Yeah. Everything's uh, everything's just pouring out, and there's no way it can be dulled down. It's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. So um, we then get the introduction. Twenty five minutes into the film, considering he's on top billing with Christopher Lee. Peter Cushing doesn't show up until 25 minutes into like an hour and 20 minute long film. Peter Cushing is a sharp looking dude. Oh, he's so good. He is he is clearly the best Van Helsing yep. that there's that there's ever been. I know, you know, Anthony Hopkins played him in uh, the Bram Stoker and the Francis Ford Coppola one, didn't mm. he? But he was nothing in comparison to him. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Pete, in uh, comparison to Peter Cushing. I mean, I I literally wrote, I was like, um, there are such charismatic men in this film. Mm. Like, um, you've got uh, Jonathan Van Essen, who plays um, Jonathan Harker. Yeah, he was was great as well. Really good. He's really good. You've got uh, Christopher Lee, obviously. You've got Peter Cushing as Dr. Van Helsing. And then you've got Michael Goff as uh, Arthur Homewood. And Alfred Pennyworth, he is you mean? Literally Alfred Pennyworth from the Batman film. So we were like, yes, he's amazing, and they're all so well spoken. There was one point I literally wrote down because uh, um, there's a nice bit of exposition. You've got um, Peter Cushing who's listening to a recording that he's made on like a wax cylinder, which is kind of cool, um, of 
all of the things that he's learned in his travels about the vampire and how to uh, defeat them and stuff and he's you know listening to it and everything so we get to learn a little bit more about it but there's one point where he just like he's in the middle of saying something and he just says the word evil but he says it evil <laughs> and it just I loved it so much cause it was so well pronounced and Oh, it was just so good. I just think every one in this film, the accents and the way they deliver their dialogue is so perfect. It completely sells it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You can see how, as I was saying before, like the emotions are amped up to the nth degree and the, you know, the production design and the costumes are so sort of like over the top that if the dialogue was not delivered in such a way, it might start to seem, you know, so bad. Mm. You know what I mean? It It might start to tip into kind of like B-movie territory um, but the actors have like they deliver their lines with such gravitas that mm-hmm. it totally sells it and that kind of like grounds you in the movie um, yeah I just think they did such a good job yeah. such a good job I mean you have like a, you know like minimal things I think I wrote down before that uh, or said before that Christopher Lee has seven minutes of screen time in total in this yeah, film. He's, he's, yeah, they use he's, him sparingly. And, and he has like 16 lines in the entire film. He only ever speaks to Jonathan Harker. Mm. Everyone else, it's like hissing noises and growling and all sorts of stuff. But he only actually ever speaks to Harker. He doesn't speak to anybody else. He got paid £750 for this role. I don't know whether that means <laughs> that's how much it ends up being now. No, or, surely not. Yeah, I, I need to work out what 1950, 750 quid in 1958 would be now. Um, probably about the same. He'd be, be living <laughs> on a mansion boat. <laughs> I want to live on a mansion boat. and No, actually, I want to live in the castle. That would be great. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we have the other bits to do with um, uh, Harker's family. Like when they go back to Germany and they're trying to solve the mystery and everything. So you have like Dr. Van Helsing. So you have Lucy, who is Jonathan Harker's fiance, and uh, she is ill. And when Van Helsing comes in, they're like, oh yeah, she just suddenly got ill about 10 days ago. And you see this, like, his face sort of like becomes very hard and serious because he realizes that coincides with. Um, you know, with with when he when Jonathan died, um, and we'd already seen earlier that uh, Dracula had like seen the photos of Lucy in in Harker's room and said, you know, oh she's charming and you know you're a lucky man and all that sort of thing. So we knew that there was some kind of attraction there. And then, as we said before, you know, there's Lucy in her room opening her curtains and her windows and sort of floating around a room like a love-struck teenager yeah. and and but it's almost like as soon as Dracula bites a woman they all end up at night they all end up with the same hairstyle like bit up bit down like curly long hair that you haven't seen in like them wearing it in that way in any other scene and they're all wearing like floaty chiffon <laughs> You know, and they and Negligees. they all look, yeah, they all literally take on this like the look of like the the classic vampire bride, and I I kind of love that. Like, just... well, it's it's funny because um, in that scene you were talking about earlier, where you where you were mentioning Peter Cushing talking into like a microphone, like recording himself onto a wax cylinder, mm. he says about how the victims hate. Um, the victims of the vampire hate being his victims, but they can't con- they can't control it. It's almost almost as if they are drug addicts. Is and I was how like, he said it. yeah, and um, I was like, wow, that's like a kind of that's a side of 
the Dracula story I've never really mm-hmm. thought of before. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, even I guess even mentioning something like that probably would have been quite shocking and even if not shocking kind of like a new twist that uh, audiences at the time might not have thought of but yeah, I, uh, mean, I thought that was interesting yeah I mean we've had um, like we were talking about before with uh, Martin where you know uh, with the movie that we've uh, reviewed previously so go back and have a look if you want to find out like another take on the on the vampire movie which we would highly recommend um, and he has convinced himself that he's a vampire um and then you know we're we're kind of flipping between throughout the film whether he is a vampire or a serial killer then you have this where it's like drug addiction and you kind of have like um uh renfield who's the one of the characters in um uh in the dracula book and is played pretty damn well by tom good old tom Tom Waits waits in uh in bram stoker's dracula in the movie um he doesn't feature in this but he's got that same kind of thing where he's just so powerless for his addiction and wanting to be you know turned into a full vampire and things like that so you have got this like battle and then in other instances of like vampirism you've got it as if it's like a virus that's spreading within people so i really love that there's all these different takes that you can have but it was originally um meant to be comment uh, commentary on um sexually transmitted diseases i think all oh, right okay yeah. so there's like you've got people who who take that as like the what the um what they were attempting to say at that point so it's yeah there's so many different ways it's so deep and rich and interesting hmm. but um we had the whole bit with the other characters that are in the house um so you have um gerda who's the the useless maid <laughs> it's just like uh gerda i want you to do this okay and then someone else goes gerda um can you not do that and she goes okay and then uh yeah it all becomes stand up for yourself problem. gerda damn it gerda um so you have yeah dr van helsing comes in he realizes that lucy's been bitten she's not been turned into a full vampire yet but she is uh being visited nightly by dracula and he realizes that's what's happened so he he says close all the windows all the doors keep her locked in her room surround her with garlic flowers and things uh so they do all of that and then lucy is like crying out and gerda comes in and she's like please please take these flowers away um can you open the window for me she's like yeah all right fine does all of that next morning lucy's dead but she's not really dead now what this next sequence i Mm. guess because there's a couple of scenes in a row is my favourite part of the mm-hmm. whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Michael... Is it Michael Goff? Yeah. My, when Michael Goff's character, um, who is Lucy's brother... Arthur. Arthur. When he kind of... Um, uh, he discovers that she has kind of like risen from the crypt. Mm. I was like, it, it, you know, he's like trawling around this graveyard at night and Lucy in her vampire state has basically um, uh, tried to lure... Uh, Gerda's daughter Tanya Tanya little Tanya but it's like, creepy as hell though because yeah. you've seen Tanya earlier and she's obviously got like a soft spot for Lucy because she's like can I go and see Aunt Lucy and you know um, like sees all these people as her family she's only a little girl and she's just like can I go and see Aunt Lucy they're like no 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 she's she's sick but you know she's getting better and um and then she comes in later on and there's a policeman who brings her home and she must only be about like eight or nine or even younger than that and um she's crying and they're like what's wrong and she said she you know she 
came to see me and she said that we were going to go outside and play and then she kept walking and then she left me there and then I was all alone and I didn't know where to go and and then they're like well who did this and she says Aunt Lucy and then the music goes because <laughs> we know she's dead so we're like oh shit um and then uh yeah she attempts to lure her out again and you see her and she's like gaunt makeup and you know uh pale face and floaty clothes and she's got this real floaty way of moving and everything i'm like she looks so cool and then you've got like you go into like final showdown territory basically yeah but the the scene so michael goff in the graveyard and then he's basically saved by uh van helsing who comes, who comes out with the crucifix and pushes it against her head and she shrieks and runs back into the crypt and then he follows her in and basically stakes her through the heart. Um, I was like, this is exactly what I want from a, <laughs> from a vampire movie. It was high drama, real creepy. Like a, The setting was awesome, like inside the crypt. Yeah. Um, you got to see the real kind of like classic vampire trope of the staking through the heart. Yeah. Um, I just loved every part of it. I thought yeah. it was so good. Is the that was again one of the main uh, or one of the first instances of there being you know like a film where there's like a ready-made stakes and a hammer like yeah. ready to go, but yeah they um so they like hammer her uh, like stake her through the heart and then he brings Van Helsing brings Arthur over and I'm like oh my god do you really want to see it, to see that and then they show her in the um in her coffin and she looks peaceful and like content and like not you know uh because he goes through this thing where he's like explaining he's saying you know like that is not your sister that is just a shell that has been corrupted and in order for her soul to to lay at peace we must destroy this shell once and for all and that's why he stakes her but at that point like arthur's like clutching onto the wall like dramatic spin to like <laughs> hold onto the wall like i can't look and it's just so overly dramatic but it works so well and I yeah I really love it but um my next favourite scene just to jump forward not too far mm. basically it's then Dracula does not like it when people kill his brides no I so think all of a sudden he, <laughs> so then he he basically bites um uh Mina mm-hmm. um who is uh Matthew Goff's What's his Michael name? Michael Goff's Arthur Arthur's uh, wife. Yeah. Um. And then there's a re- really cool little sequence where it's like uh, the two the two men are basically like keeping an eye out on the house because they know that she's been bitten, um, and they're trying to like lure Dracula basically. And then it turns out they have this little scene like Dracula still manages to get into the house without them seeing, which is uh, which is really cool. But then. The, my favourite part is then they sort of like retire for the evening like well he's not fa- he's not coming this evening so we're just going to go into the house and start relaxing um, and then Gerda could you get us some wine yeah and then oh I can't go down into the basement Milady forbid me from going down to the basement and then Peter Cushing's face like, like oh, <gasps> oh my god and so he, he runs really fast so down fast. there it's so good bless him and like, all that pipe smoking he's yeah. in I bet that might have been the difficult and one like, flings the coffin lid open and it's just filled with dirt and then like both of us gasped because you see Dracula like Christopher Lee just again appearing in the doorway and then he disappears with like a swish of the cloak like out the door (laughs) and they're like running after each other and then they have like a proper again another like proper like animal battle don't they it's so good like I said I I just love when Christopher Lee is in full 
Dracula mode, like the the monster Dracula, not Count Dracula, not charismatic. It, yeah, guy. exactly. When he's being kind of like that primal instinct and like Dracula, that is when he's at his best. He's so good. Um, you have like a like a little chase sequence. They're all trying. To, they're trying to get. Um, he he basically kidnaps Mina and tries to take her back uh, to Castle Dracula. Um, and tries like to little... bury her, doesn't he? Yeah, so tries that... to bury her. Yeah, and she's still she's still alive. She's not quite fully turned yet, but we know that she has been bitten, so she's like one step away. Like he, so he's like burying her. I've, I'm not sure why, but I did quite like that. Like I read a fact that during that bit, like when he sort of jumps, uh, like so he's straddling the the grave and like like chucking dirt in and everything. Christopher Lee actually fell on the stunt woman because like <laughs> he's carrying her like you know in his arms. And he just flings her into the into the mm. grave, and it's obviously a person, but it's actually like a stunt woman because they like throw her in, and then he jumps over the grave to start digging. But like at one scene, he actually overbalanced <laughs> and fell into the grave on top of this woman, which just made me chuckle. I can't imagine Christopher Lee doing anything that's like uh, ungainly whoop, whoop, whoop. or like no, falling he's, over or he's anything a like graceful, that. Yeah, but it's kind he's of like a graceful when we saw, gazelle of a man. It's kind of like when we saw. Um, uh, Kelsey Grammer fall off the stage on that. that <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it would be, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just it's it's so good. Like you you then have like this battle in uh in Castle Dracula, um like chases him down, like final showdown between uh Dracula and Van Helsing, like the classic monster versus monster hunter. And they they're grappling, they're fighting, they're jumping on and off tables, they're rolling around on the floor. You see the blood and the eyes and the teeth and everything. And then he just swings around, and Peter Cushing just literally grabs the big heavy curtains and just whips them down. And then the sun comes streaming into the room, and he's like crumbling into yeah, ashes. I fucking love this. Part. And his hands like ripping off bits of his face and. It's just, oh, it's it's just so good. But like, we can watch it and enjoy it now and be like, this is great and kind of funny in a way. There were some bits where I was like, huh? like this is you know kind of amusing. But imagine, like, I just kept thinking, imagine what it would have been like to watch this in 1958. Like, you would have been like, what on earth am I watching? Like, there's been nothing like this before. This is like horrifying. But I, I love, good. I just love the the final effect as well of uh, of Dracula crumbling into dust. Yeah, you know, what I mean, it's kind of like a little bit hokey, but at the mm. same time, it's fucking disturbing. Yeah, like he has it. Like he looks like a real monster at this point. Like a, he's got like this weird. I wonder how they did it. It's like ash mask and. Yeah. bits and pieces are crumbling all over the place it looks so good yeah. um, and it's a very fitting end and then as one of the, the I think the final shot is of Dracula's hand which has now turned into dust but it's obviously still in like a hand shape with his ring with his big Dracula ring on it and mm. then the wind just starts to blow it all away so it's just the ring left there I was yeah. like yeah I yeah. love that. And it's you very see cool. uh, Mina outside, and she's still got like the sort of cross, the mark of the crucifix on her hand where they'd tested her earlier to see whether she was a vampire. They'd tried to put a crucifix on her, and she'd like clutched at it, like cause it was give- it was causing her pain. And they opened her hand, and she had like the burn mark of a crucifix on on her palm. And then she's sitting outside uh, with Arthur, and then as you see that Dracula has now died. Um, the crucifix mark on her hand fades away and it's like she's been saved hooray mm. um, 
the only thing was that like there really wasn't like an epilogue there wasn't a you know an aftermath of like I people think, recovering it was just literally like he's dead okay bye I feel like that's like a thing in movie, like in old movies they don't really like they don't they don't hang around it's like <laughs> well he's dead now what, what more do you want to see <laughs> well you want to fucking come over and see how they get on and settling in and everyone's having a good old laugh about but I I kind of respect it sometimes a movie doesn't know when to end um, but this one is very very sudden yeah um, I think it's because they didn't know how well it was going to be received, so they didn't want to leave it open ended like you do with a lot of movies these days, where they're like, "Well, we kind of, you know, we can wrap it up, but then like leave a little bit of a question of yeah. like whether it's going to happen or whatever." But obviously, because of it being so popular, like this was 1958, this actually spawned eight sequels. Six of them have Christopher Lee and four of them have Peter Cushing in them. Nice. And I kind of want to watch them all. <laughs> yeah. I immediately, like, I think before even this film had ended, I was, like, hopping on Amazon and going, like, can I find a whole box set filled with all the Hammer Horror films? And I think there are, so I'll put it up in the horror movie store so that if you were interested. Mm. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, like, 21 films in total, I think, of, like, all of the classic Hammer Horror, like, the key horror films. But do you want to hear some of the titles of the next films because they are pretty? Good. I think I know some of them, but give me some of the give me some of the choice ones. Uh, so there's uh, Brides of Dracula. Yeah. Dracula, Prince of Darkness. That's pretty cool. Dracula has risen from the grave. I would prefer <sighs> if it had just been Dracula has risen. Oh, maybe it sounds Dracula like Jesus has risen, has risen or risen from the grave. Yeah. Yeah, but they want Dracula in there because yeah, that's the thing that dragged everybody in. Uh, taste the blood of Dracula. <laughs> it's the 1970s, so they were. <laughs> this, uh, I like that. Uh, Scars of Dracula. Okay. The Satanic Rites of Dracula. That's the one I want to see. And the Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. And then there was also Dracula AD 1972, which came out in 1972. And I kind of want to see whether that was like Dracula in the 70s with it all is. these like, people I feel like, like I know I have heard of that one before and it <laughs> like is like I think day. it's um, he goes to try and kill Van Helsing's like great great granddaughter in oh, 1972 I kind of love that yeah that sounds pretty awesome I love that yeah so I am I am totally into now catching up with my Hammer Horror um, you know uh, knowledge I think yeah. would you would you be into watching yeah, more yeah definitely of them? yay good um, now here's what I'm, here's the one thing I want to say mm-hmm. controversial. Mm-hmm. Christopher Lee mm-hmm. as Monster Dracula, mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. As Count Dracula, mm. not that he was not good. He's he doesn't just, le- he doesn't leave like a lasting impression. He's just Christopher Lee. Yeah, he's not got. But then I think if we've seen like Bram Stoker's and we've seen everything before where like he is very obviously Dracula yeah, and he's making sort of innuendos and like you know stop him for a bite or you know like well, those no, kind of tacky no no things. not that but I just feel like he's a bit like a bank manager mm. like welcome to the castle Mr. Harker you know what I mean there's nothing there's he's not no got kind the of dramatic like, there's no theatrical. clue there's no clue that he is a, a, you know a terrifying person mm. or a terrifying monster at that point I would have liked like a little bit more of a bite Mm-mm. pun sort of intended <laughs> um, in those earlier scenes when it's kind of like I guess they're trying to fool the audience into thinking that yeah he's very much like hello pleased yeah, to meet you like, yeah exactly I was like I could have done with a little bit more 
with a little bit more kind of menace to it. A bit more um, coldness. But other than that, yeah, that's nitpicking because mm. that's quite a minor part. And even then, just seeing him is very striking. Just seeing him is quite shocking. That entrance is amazing. The mm. first time you see him with the blood on his fangs is incredible. And like I said, any time that he is being Dracula the monster, I'm, I was absolutely transfixed. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, just those that first couple of scenes where he's kind of like talking to Jonathan Harker in the castle. I could have done with like a little extra edge to it, but mm. you know, like I said, Peter Cushing is amazing in this movie. Yep, so good, so yes. so good. In fact, everyone's really good in this yeah. movie, even the little kid. Yep. Um, I remember looking her up and being like, "Is she a famous?" But she's not particularly famous. So no. she was in. She was been in a bunch of stuff. I think she does still show up to signings and things like that at like cons and things because. You know she's she's part of like, you know yeah. horror history. So like she'll she'll show up in a lot of things. And I think she had been in a few other films, but not necessarily horror. But, yeah. But well, yeah. Um, okay. Did it shit you up? Um, it didn't shit me up, but it had that. I think what it really wanted to have, which was that kind of exhilarated like slightly exhilarated like you you are like hooked from watching it you're like waiting for things to happen you're like it's like an exciting kind of film even when there's you know like the sort of downtime between attacks and between horrible things happening you're still being caught kept up with the story you're not sure exactly you know the the bare bones of the story i think when when you've got those kind of like interconnecting scenes Mm. They're great anyway because the actors are nailing it and the costume design and the pr- um, uh, production design is so good. You know, you could just look at the backgrounds in yeah. all the in all of the shots and you're like, oh wow, I love this. I kind of want that painting or mirror oh, hanging on my wall. So much. I, I mean, I think they I think they were pointing <laughs> out that like this the set was someone had had like some negative comments about it when they were producing it because they were like, it is so different to like some of the other um like hammer films and some or some of the other like vampire and dracula films that had preceded this they were just like the set is so different but to me it's basically what you would see you know like the the real it's not it's a huge meant to be like a huge scary castle Mm. but it's um sparsely decorated it's not gold leaf and filigree and yeah fancy chandeliers it's very uh utilitarian isn't it it's like someone does not people do not live here and that's the point did you say at some point my housekeeper's uh yeah my housekeeper's (laughs) away due to a bereavement like you understand and i'm like "Mm, yeah of course yeah (laughs) but no wonder this place is such a dump (laughs) but yeah i would uh massively recommend you watching this and we will be uh watching the other uh the other dracula movies i think um maybe reviewing them if we we feel that they're good well we've we've definitely got a few more dracula movies coming up on the list we've got vampire um vampire like the 1927 one got let the right one in nosferatu nosferatu's on there yeah so did you well go on go on well, I was going to lead into next week's. Cause, uh, well, I was going to say, do you, did you prefer this to Martin? Yes. You did? Yes. Okay. I really like Martin, but you know me. I love like a bit of like dramatic... There, there's instances of folk horror in there, like we said, you know, yeah, when definitely. they go into the inn. And like at the beginning, the, the one bit that I was like, oh, I kind of like that. And it was just such a throwaway comment in Harker's diary. 
where he's writing about his journey from Germany in this in this sort of instance of the of the story from Germany to Romania to go to the castle so he's he's been employed as the librarian he's writing down all these things and talks about like his journey when he gets there and he says oh you know I had to do the last couple of kilometers on foot because the carriage driver wouldn't come any closer to the castle and I was like oh that like yeah. they they you know like you can imagine all of these like little old romanian or uh, women in like the villages nearby who are like doing the evil eye at the you Isn't know like, from the reminds me of that joke from futurama where he's like i'll take you this further and no more and he's like literally parked outside the park <laughs> castle <laughs> like, okay but yeah it is it's yeah i i really really enjoyed it but um i think it leads pretty well into what we're doing next week i have no idea what we're doing next week so next i'm kind week. of so i'm looking forward to Yay. you telling me what are we what are we reviewing next week kirsty next week number 82 it came out in 1963 this is Mario Barber's Black Sabbath oh sweet so this is three horror stories that are all introduced by Boris Karloff so we have had Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing in this week we have Boris Karloff who is like the monster man next to like Lon Chaney he is the the monster um, in this and it's three horror stories so it's um, uh, a haunted nurse a stalked call girl and then the third story is a vampire story with Boris Karloff playing the vampire. Oh, sweet. So I'm super excited. Like I said, this is like 60s Technicolor horror. Barber is, you know, like he's he's one of the kings of like blood and, yeah. you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I'm super duper excited to watch this one. So, so yeah, as long as we, we're continuing with our uh, classic monster little section i think after that it probably goes on to something completely different but, <laughs> but yeah cool right well <laughs> um make sure you come and find us on uh, on the social meds <laughs> um facebook.com forward slash behind the sofa podcast and at behind the sofa podcast on instagram um let us know what you thought of this movie let us know what you thought of trick or treat whether you reckon it should go into the list or not um, and yeah, we'll be posting up trailers and things like that for um, uh, for Black Sabbath next week. Uh, but I think from behind the sofa, good night.